Welcome to the first Solicitor Update podcast for commercial litigators from Temple Legal Protection. My name is Matthew Pascal and I'm the Senior Underwriting Manager in the commercial team at Temple. We're starting our podcasts with a special report on the 2019 SRA Code of Conduct and its impact on how you advise your clients on litigation insurance. It's based on an article on the Temple website which I prepared in conjunction with specialist professional practice lawyer Paul Bennett from Bennett Legal LLP, to whom Temple are very grateful. It's split into two parts. The first looks at your personal professional responsibility uh, and your own ethical obligations. I'll then take a look at separating your own obligations from those of your firm, and I'll conclude this first part with a reminder of your professional duties. Part two starts with a practical impact on solicitors advising clients, then provides alternatives to telling your clients if you can't provide a personal recommendation. There's then a brief introduction to working with Temple. It's all very straightforward. And then I'll finish with a look at the future and advising on litigation insurance and six things you should consider. Before I start, a quick clarification on terminology. Litigation insurance used by solicitors is commonly known as after the event or ATE insurance. The latter is the technically correct term, but your clients may better understand litigation insurance. I would encourage you to use the same term in order to enhance their understanding of how all this works. Let's take a look at ATE insurance, the SRA Standards and Regulations 2019 and the importance of judgment. On the 23rd of November 2019, the SRA Standards and Regulations 2019, which are referred to as the STARS regime, came into force to replace the SRA Code of Conduct 2011. These changes are the most significant regulatory changes in a generation, and the professional obligations for solicitors are subtly altered by these changes. Historically, law firms and insurance brokers could form a relationship and the law firm's obligation to advise clients on the availability and suitability of ATE was assumed to be complete. Under the STARS regime, the onus moves from the law firm to the individual solicitor. Why? The SRA is now promoting the issue of personal professional responsibility and moving away from the entity-based regulation, which had been the focus of SRA regulation for the profession over the last decade or so. The SRA are reducing the current 10 principles to seven. The SRA principles 2019 under the STARS regime should be read as ethical obligations and signposts. The opening line of these, and therefore of this whole STARS regime, states, the SRA principles comprise the fundamental tenets of ethical behavior that we expect all those that we regulate to uphold. This includes all individuals we authorise to provide legal services, solicitors, RELs and RFLs, as well as authorised firms and their managers and employees. For licensed bodies, these apply to those individuals and the part of the body, where applicable, involved in delivering the services we regulate in accordance with the terms of your licence. The renewed focus on individual obligations, conduct and on looking behind the veneer of the law firm and client relationship is reflective of the recent emphasis in professional disciplinary cases in which the SRA has, over the last three or four years, focused on the individual's professional obligations 
rather than those of the firm itself. The Legal Services Act 2007 established the concept of entity or firm regulation, but these changes reset the regulator focus back onto the individual professional. Think of the revised principles as placing your judgment of your ethical obligation centre stage. In the context of funding and insurance and litigation matters, the questions are, have you explored the full range of funding and insurance op op options with your clients? Have you acted in the client's best interests? Principle two now requires that you act in a way that upholds public trust and confidence in the solicitor's profession and in legal services provided by authorised persons. The SRA are expecting the solicitor to think about the wider trust and confidence of the public. The subtle difference from the 2011 version is that this is about the individual solicitor and not the firm or entity. The new principle seven requires you act in the best interests of each client. If you do not consider a conditional fee agreement with your client, are you acting in their best interests if others would? If a CFA would actually cost the client more in the long run, it may not be right. If you do not consider this with your client, then you are acting in the client's best interests. We just say that again. If you do not consider this with your client, then are you acting in the client's best interests? Probably not. Temple Legal Protection and Temple Funding can help you fulfil your professional obligations under the revised code. There is no point in advising on ATE with a client if that discussion is not informed. Getting to know what Temple can offer and how their ATE and funding works will enable you to give your client the information they need to make an informed decision. The STARS separates out the solicitor's obligations into the individual solicitor's own obligations and those of the firm. There are therefore now two codes. The individual code for solicitors states, at paragraph 8.6, you give clients information in a way that they can understand. You ensure they are in a position to make informed decisions about the services they need, how their matter will be handled and the options available to them. Paragraph 8.7 provides, you ensure that clients receive the best possible information about their, how their matter will be priced and both at the time of engagement and when appropriate as the matter progresses about the likely overall cost of the matter and any costs incurred. The impact of these two personal professional obligations is to remind individual solicitors it is their responsibility to advise in a manner that clients can understand and make decisions on. The individual solicitor can therefore no longer assert the only way my firm acts is on the following basis and rely on the firm having dealt with funding advice. Solicitors need to satisfy themselves and record why the approach is adopted is appropriate. As the preamble states, you are personally accountable for compliance with this code and other regulatory requirements that apply to you and must always be prepared to justify your decisions and actions. Note the use of the word you. It is a recurring theme in personalising the obligations on individual professions. Neither you or the term firm are defined terms under the SRA's glossary, meaning the exact biting point of any rule is open to interpretation, or, as the SRA may see it, to be interpreted in the context of the particular circumstances 
in which the solicitor's conduct might be examined. In either case, each and every solicitor is now personally responsible in a regulatory sense for their own individual compliance with a wider set of obligations. Next time, I'll be looking at the practical impact on solicitors advising clients, an alternative to telling your clients if you can't provide a personal recommendation, a brief introduction to working with Temple, and six things you should consider for the future when advising on litigation insurance.